on the cross. Discipline is not about changing behavior, cornerstone. It's about changing the heart. Heart change is the thing that's necessary to produce the fruit that is behavioral change. Heart change is what produces the fruit of behavioral change. We have to keep this in mind when we discipline our children. And we have to remember that the issue is not their bad behavior. It's their bad heart. Your children's disobedience is first and foremost a sin against God. We must acknowledge this because when we don't acknowledge this, we take what is we take personal what is not personal. Don't we? That's why we march heavy-footed down the hallway and throw open the door and say, why are you doing this to me? Don't you know what kind of day I've just had? Their sin is not personal. Your toddler is not out to ruin your life. It feels like he is, but he's not. Now, of course, their sin is against you too. They've rejected your authority, but primarily that sin is against a holy God who has commanded them to honor their father and mother. It's first a sin against God, as secondarily a sin against you. It's secondarily against their brother or their sister. And so when you discipline, if you only ever deal with the horizontal element, the human to human element, the big human to little human element, the little human to little human element, if you only ever deal with the horizontal element, you never get to the vertical element, you'll never get to the heart issue. Disobedience toward you is a, is, is a symptom of their wicked heart's rejection of God. And because this is a heart issue, you can't expect the law to produce what only grace can create. You can't expect the law to produce what only grace can create. Heart change comes from one place, grace alone. As seen in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So heart change cannot, it will not come from the law. Friends, this is why Jesus had to come and die because the law could not produce the heart change which results in the fruits of righteousness. It just couldn't. You know this. Every parent in this room who calls upon the name of Jesus knows this true. So why do you think we turn to the law to fix our children? They need grace. We can't just keep piling rules on top of rules. Do you really think, well, she broke this rule, so she's guaranteed not to break this one. Thursday evening, I came home from work. It was a long day. I was tired. I walked in the door, and the house (laughs) was destroyed. Sarah had been working at the office all day, and Mike and Emma had been given 
the task of taking care of the laundry and a few other things. And I walk in and the laundry is sprawled out across the living room floor. You couldn't walk across the living room without stepping on clean clothes. My teenage son is on the couch watching TV. My teenage daughter is lying in Ethan's bed reading him a book, which is adorable, but I couldn't see that. All I could see was they destroyed the house. The the kitchen, the living room, everything was destroyed. And I took it personal. They had sinned against my wife. They'd sinned against me. And so I made everyone stop what they were doing. I started barking orders. I've got my dad voice on. You go do this. You go do this. You take care of the kitchen. You know the dad voice. In the back of my head, I'm thinking, I've got to make more rules to prevent this in the future. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change the Wi-Fi password, and the chore's got to be done before you get the Wi-Fi password. Dad win. That's what I'm thinking. But then I was honest with myself, would blocking the internet usage in my home cause my children to fold the laundry and put it away? Would it cause them to rinse out their cereal bowls and load the dishwasher? Would it cause them to clean up after their little brother and little sister? I mean, maybe it would. But they would not be doing it for the glory of God to honor him and to obey their parents and to love him with all of their heart, soul, and might, would they? They'd be doing it because they want the Wi-Fi password. That's why they would be doing it. It's not fixing the heart. Changing behavior by rewarding something that is supposed to be motivated by a love of God with a love of their stuff will not fix their behavior because their heart will not be fixed because laws don't change hearts. Only grace does. Here's what I should have done. Well, I had to repent to my kids. I told him on Saturday morning, we're having breakfast, and I just said, you know, I, I blew it, guys. That was bad. I shouldn't have treated you guys like that. Shouldn't have been barking orders like that. And I know my kids well enough to know that they'll first forgive me, but then they'll also give me plenty more opportunities to get it right next time. <laughs> Here's what I should have done. I should have sat them down. I should have explained their sin, that they had disobeyed their mother, that they had disobeyed me, that they did not honor their parents. But worst of all, that is a sin against a holy God. And that thinking it is okay to keep the house like this is walking in sin. When they know their mother doesn't live like that, doesn't want the house to look like that, walking in that, they know that is sin. They have spurned the love of God who provided a mother and father who loved them. They've spurned his grace. And for that, God would have been just and pouring out his wrath on their sin. But God showed them grace. And he sent Jesus to take their wrath and pay for that sin. Jesus did that for their sake. He suffered and he died so that they wouldn't have to. And he was raised on the third day so that they could be forgiven of their sins. And then I should have asked them what they should do about that. They should confess their sin. They should repent to God and fix the laundry. Because of what God had done for them, because of the forgiveness that's available to them, they can now fold laundry and rinse out their dishes with joy, knowing that God has forgiven them. My kids have been through that enough times to know, they know that how, that's how it's going to go down when we discipline, when we do it right. You disobeyed the law, you broke God's law, Jesus came and died for that sin. 
Now repent. God will forgive you. And now respond. It's, it's never that clean and clear and it's always messy, especially when it's with my four-year-old who's too stubborn to admit that he has sinned and ask Jesus into his heart and forgive him. Many of the times when the kids were young, I would just lie on my bed and have them lay on my chest and I would pray the prayer for them as they wailed and kicked their feet, resisted me, got their little spanking, got a bunch of hugs, a bunch of kisses, and then back at it again. So when we discipline our children, Cornerstone, there must be some talk of sin, of forgiveness, of repentance, of confession, of the cross. It's not about changing their behavior. It's about changing their heart and that's only possible by the grace of Jesus Christ in the gospel. Let the law do what God created the law to do. Let it expose their sin. Let it expose their need for grace. But look to grace alone to do what only grace can do to change their heart. I promise you, mom and dad, the gospel is potent enough to change even the worst little heart. Applying gospel to the situations of discipline requires wisdom, it requires patience, it requires time, it requires care, it it requires selflessness. Because yelling is easier. It's so much easier to yell. It gets an immediate response too. You can get them to fear you, but yelling does not get them to fear God. And in the end, that's what we're after, isn't it? A heart affected by the gospel, stirred to affections for God. Souls saved by grace through faith. And that's my final point, final point this morning. Parenting is for eternity. So regardless of your season of parenting, the goal is the same. To demonstrate the glory of God's grace and salvation of undeserving sinners. Namely the ones that he's given to you. Your roles change, of course, as the years pass. But the goals are the same. To bring them to Christ. If your children are young, lead them to Christ. If your children are grown, lead them to Christ. Disciple them appropriate to their age. Model the gospel in your life. Model the gospel in your home. You know, for some of you, your, your children are adults. And that means your role has changed. It, it means that your prayer is with, it, it remains your discipleship of them is with a lot of prayer and a lot of patience. And a ready ear to listen. When they call, give them grace. For others, if your kids are younger, redeem your commute. Commit to family worship in your home. Discipline with the gospel. But the goal, of course, is to bring them to God and help them to delight in Him. And this is here where we have to acknowledge our limitations as parents. Parents cannot save their children. Mom, you are not the Messiah. And Dad, you are not the Deliverer. 
There is only one Messiah and there is only one deliverer and he will not share his glory with you. Your job is to lead them to the cross as often as you can, to give them as many little bricks as you possibly can, but the salvation of their souls is in his hand. Salvation is from the Lord, regardless of how good or awful of a parent you are. Pray for them every day, but be prepared if God takes a different route in saving their souls. Sometimes it's going to take years. Sometimes their testimony will be a glorious one, which I pray for my own children, that God saves them and they live the rest of their life serving him and that they don't turn away from him. But I know the reality is that many of you in this room, it's not the case. You have wayward children. And you've got to pray for their souls. And they're making their own testimony. And they've got to meet Jesus themselves, not just the one that you've shown them. Sometimes that requires hitting a brick wall. And that's hard. And that requires prayer. And it requires patience. And it will be a test of your faith and your dependence on the God who saves. There are times when I wish that my children's dependent, their salvation depended upon me. But this is a foolish thing to think. For the weight of one eternal soul on me, on my ability to articulate the gospel in such a winsome way that they would turn away from sin and put their faith in the Lord Jesus, that's too much weight for any one person to bear. You don't want that weight. So leave the care of their soul in the Savior's hands. That's really where you want it anyway, isn't it? Leave it there. Place it there. And pray like crazy. And that's how we're going to end the service today. By praying for our little ones. By placing our children in the hands of the Lord. Corey, if you can come back. We're going to sing another song. And after the first verse of this song... Um, Someone's going to go get the kids and we're going to bring the kids in. And after the first verse of the song, we're going to gather together as families and we're going to pray for our children. So if you're here and your, your kids aren't here with you or they're grown up and they're not here or if you're single, you don't have kids, find a family and pray for that family. And we're going to lay hands on them and then we're going to take a moment And have all the school kids come up and we're going to pray for the school kids because school starts this week and we want to ask the Lord to help them in that. So let's go ahead and stand to our feet.